Canine Detection Collaborative, a detection dog training trio with Stacy Barnett. Hi. Robin Grubel. Hey there. And Crystal Wing. What's up? With humor and a big dose of theory, our trio talks practical training advice and features interviews with top trainers and scientists. It's Canine Detection Collaborative! Welcome back to Canine Detection Collaborative. This is Crystal Wing, and I am here with my amazing co-host, Stacey Barnett. Hello. And Robin Grubel. Greetings. So I'm back home. No more Iowa for me. <laughs> Bummer. Robin kicked me out of the nest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. And... I wasn't able to be there for the last two interviews, and then we had a third before that. So we've got Ronnie Lejeune that I was there for, and then you ladies had the awesome experience of the next two interviews. Who did you guys get to talk to? Christy Rock. Christy Rock and Jill Kovacevich. Yes. Nice. And we haven't really had a chance together. Life has been so crazy. And so let's take an hour to talk about all the friends we've had a chance to interview these last few episodes. It's really been fun. It's been a lot of a lot of fun reaching out to different people that that we all know from other other sides and everything and and people that we've had a chance to spend some time with kind of off air and then get a chance to share these wonderful ladies with all of you. It really has been a lot of fun. I feel so fortunate getting to meet Ronnie at the distraction camp uh, last year. Yes. And then she just kind of slyly kind of mentions in there that she's this guru. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea who anybody is. I never know what anybody's job is or, you know, where they come from or anything. Well, her, I knew where she was coming from because she has that wonderful accent. And then she brought that amazing, like, jambalaya. Oh, and the crawfish (laughs) crawfish cornbread. cornbread. Oh, my God. (laughs) So that was a dead giveaway. That girl's from the South. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And on Facebook, I'm always seeing, like, pictures of her food. And I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's no hiding where she comes from. Yeah, it was so nice meeting her at Distraction Camp 1 because I was all paranoid about Flair. It was my first breeding. Mm-hmm. And so I had her formulate a diet for Flair as a lactating or lactate pregnant and then lactating bitch. And mm-hmm. oh my God, Flair thrived. The puppies yeah. were chunks. <laughs> and that was such a peace of mind. It was funny. I was digging through my closet because Flair's pregnant again, which yep. was planned just so everybody Yay. knows it was planned. <laughs> and I found it and it's now back out. So I'm still following that particular diet for Flair. And if you guys have what you think is some digestion issues going on with your dog, absolutely. And then the interview with her, one of the two big takeaways I had was dried pumpkin. I now have a bag sitting on my counter soon to make it into my go bag so that when we go on deployment, it goes with me because Nico's tummy, if anything weird happens with his food, he has the typical Malinois, I'm going to have the runs thing. Mm, I need to buy some of that for powder. Yeah. I need some of that pumpkin powder for powder. Yeah. The last seminar we had the student that her dog just had crazy oh, diarrhea yeah. all of a sudden. And because we had an interview with Ronnie, we we're like, oh, here's what you can do. <laughs> right. And she's like, Robin, do you have any pumpkin? I'm like, well, wouldn't you know? I have like five cans. 
sitting in my cabinet, but I can't take cans of pumpkin on a deployment. So that's where the dried pumpkin powder became really important for my packing. Yeah. Now I, I did the, the doggy biome with powder and I'm waiting on the results because powder gets like this funky stomach, like after, after a day of trialing. And when we're doing summit, it's two days of trialing. So I did the doggy biome and I'm waiting on the results because I want to spend some time with Ronnie and have her help me make sure that I, I'm doing the right thing before powder based off of like the data that we get back. So I'm kind of kind of waiting. I'm really looking forward to that. So I'm just waiting with bated breath for the test results to come back. But I love the idea of dried pumpkin. Love that idea. Well, and she got me into the doggy biome too for radish and checkmate. And at the time I also had Quinn. And I, unbelievably, Quinn came back in the normal range, which was crazy really? with him having IBD and all the other issues. But that also speaks to how hard I was working to keep him as healthy as I could. But checkmate was off the charts. He was so broken. His gut was just a mess. Oh. And I was really struggling with keeping any sort of weight on him. He was just bones. And come to find out with Ronnie's help, there was just not enough of anything in the foods that I was feeding, which were good foods. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were not some cheap anything, but, but they were not right for him. They were not right for him. Exactly. And so she completely formulated how to use a slightly different food just with a few little tweaks. And oh my gosh, his personality. I mean, he is just so much happier. So I, man, so thankful for everything she's ever given me. And then with her, because that's all with the perfectly awesome, but with the optimal canine, she helped me out so much, especially lately with checkmate and trying to get him physically fit and helping me with some of the, I'm like, is this the right form? And she's like, oh girl. (laughs) (laughs) And she sent me to her TikTok and I don't have TikTok. So then the top and the bottom was covered. So I couldn't read what it was. So I was just watching. And she's like, did you even watch the video? (laughs) I'm like, I did, but I couldn't read it. She's like, oh, then here's what you missed. And she's so good to me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. So actually I just looked on and it looks like they didn't tell me, but her doggy biome is back. And uh, oh, kiddo is a mess. I definitely need to talk to Ronnie because she's, I have a very imbalanced dog apparently. So, hmm, yep, yep. Uh, I'm going to be messaging her. That's for sure. <laughs> oh boy. And then when we were talking about harnesses, oh yeah, I have a couple of different harnesses that I was using for the bomb dogs when we were going on deployment and doing contracts. And it's really funny because one of the harnesses is that I have is the strap right across the front with the front shoulders and all sorts of things, Mm -hmm. which Dash actively dodges. When I actually go to put it on him. Wow. And he, I put it on, when I do get it on him, he's like, I hate this. I really don't want to move. And so I went out and bought another harness, which is the Y front harness and all sorts of things. Now he's like, don't mind a harness. I'm good. This rocks. And he's so funny. And then I put it on him after we had the conversation with Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Is the biggest I understood that the Y front is absolutely a must. But then the other thing that I was like the aha thing, I was treating the strap that goes behind their front legs. Mm-hmm. I thought it was supposed to be like a girth on a horse oh. that went right behind their front legs. And when gotcha. she was like, no, you need yeah. a couple of inches. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
color me. I didn't know that. (laughs) That's where that background in horses may not help. Exactly. Yeah. And Dash says, thank you, Ronnie. Yes, Dash (laughs) does say, thank you, Ronnie. And he's just like, and now he's like, thanks for Ronnie for the added, because he's lost a bunch of weight with all the girls being in heat. So he looks scrawny. And so he's getting some of the extra fish oil and stuff that I put in Flair's diet. (laughs) I think my favorite thing that we talked about, honestly, though, was about how we have to live with these dogs. And she has the high crazy dogs of of kind of two different, (laughs) two different modes. So different from each other. And just watching how beefcake she gets her dogs and how she fulfills their needs. And that was the piece that I just adore about her. And she inspires me in so many ways. I'm always looking at my dogs and thinking, what is it that they were born to do? And how can I fulfill those desires and give them the best opportunities? I just, that's, that was really motivational for me, just fulfilling their needs. Yeah. 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 I always see her videos that she does a whole lot of different things with her dogs and I love watching her videos and how she's teaching them like the air retrieve right there in her, like her, her pond, right? Mm-hmm. Which of course, my first question was, are there gators in there? And she said, no. Yeah. So <laughs> right. Because, you know, Louisiana, I'm always like, hmm, water. Have alligators. <laughs> right. Gators. So that would be my first question. But, uh, and it's interesting. She's got Kessel, her little spicy redhead. And talking about how she's managing arousal levels with him and all of those and giving him the appropriate outlets Mm -hmm. for all of his stuff. And then turning around and all of the things that she's doing with Quest, who Ronnie, he'd really like to be a cadaver dog, just so in case you missed (laughs) that memo. (laughs) And he's a small pony, but yeah. It's fun to watch her, like you guys said, on all of her social media to see her say, oh, hey, we're doing this and Quest is living his best life because he gets to go out and hunt and point at things. Yeah. And Kessel is, she's managing him. He's a year old. Isn't he an American Staffordshire Terrier? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what he is. Yeah. No, and he's a spicy hot tamale. He is a spicy hot tamale. And I was, I, when I think of him, I think of the little red angry face with the horns on it. The uh-huh. Every time thing. we chat, that's what she sends to me. She's like, check out the, and, and I always know it's going to be, usually it's purple on my phone, but it is. It's the little emoji for the little demon thing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what video she sends today. <laughs> yes. So, and then listening to all of her continuing education. Yeah. Yeah. That yep. she's done yeah. with, because isn't she going through like the second round of, is it the canine conditioning or the nutrition? I can't remember. Mm. Either one of you, one of the two. I thought it was the nutrition stuff. I think it's the nutrition stuff because she, because, and I know she does the canine conditioning one, but yeah. I think it's the second round of nutrition, okay. which is, since I know a lot of vets, veterinarians, don't get a lot of that in college because they just don't have time. And so it's nice to have somebody like Ronnie that we can like press the help button. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be doing. And I'm like, oh boy. I mean, she's, yeah, I'm going to absolutely be doing that. Actually, after after we're done uh, recording this podcast, <laughs> I think I'm going to be like, hey, Ronnie, yes. help. 
I just threw the help button out at Christy Rock. Oh, you did? <laughs> I did. I've been having some struggles with Rad. And I was like, okay, I need another outside perspective. And so she's also one of those people that just feels like it just is so, just knows all the stuff. <laughs> and just has such a great perspective and can always talk me off a cliff, you know, or ledge Preach. or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. she's one of my go to people to just go, all right, you're good. Now let's talk. <laughs> and she just has such a way about how she can do that. And she's such just a great mentor in that way. Uh, yeah. I've known Christy for quite a while and just it's always nice to have somebody, well, one who sets up really incredibly thoughtful problems. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Oh, yes. And then has such a good way of handing you your butt, <laughs> but doing it in such a nice, loving, caring way yeah. that you're yeah. like, this is all about helping me be better. And she yeah. does that to me on a regular basis. And I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. That really was such a great opportunity to be able to go out and just spend some time with her. And she set some really great problems for my dogs. And it was, it really was a fantastic way to just kind of get a different perspective and everything. And that on top of that, just a wonderful, warm human being on top of that. And yeah. I really enjoyed your guys' discussion about the formulaic hides. And yeah. it just made me think oh, about yeah. training in general, because all of us get into kind of our just our, our routines. Yeah. And something that I like when I go to, or someone comes to visit a club or I get to go somewhere else and, and be in a seminar, yeah. it can just be that fresh eyes that just notices the thing that maybe, you know, it's a problem, but you're just kind of not aware of it, or it's not like right there in front of you. And, yep. and then they can just point that thing out. And so I think that's the same thing with like the setting of the hides as well. We, we do get in kind of patterns of where we put things and and no matter how hard we try not to, like, I know I try to use a lot of variable, like rolling of the dice apps. And so it'll tell me how many numbers of things. And that way it's not me that's choosing it. It's, it's an app. <laughs> but that, that's just like, even though the numbers, the actual placement is we don't even realize that how we set hides is predictable. And it's like the dogs are just so in tune to the context and how the odor behaves. But they're like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can do this. And it, for me, visiting her setting a hide in a way that was very different than I set hides, all of a yeah. sudden, Powder's like, what? I don't know how to solve that problem. <laughs> you know, I have never seen Odor do that before. Yeah, I'm using the random numbers for that, though, too. Not just for how many, but also where. So if I go to a space and I can say, this is quadrant one, two, three, four, five, six, and then that will tell me how many to put. But then also it says, like, so it chose six. And then, so one, two, or three is kind of the height in that area. So it, it keeps me totally random that way. That's pretty cool. And again, that's only in once the dog is understanding of that. And it's, so I wouldn't do that in the teaching phase. Correct. This is training. Yeah, and, this is training. Well, and even that whole formulaic stuff in, I was working with the dogs on systematic hides, systematic mm -hmm. searching. and then. Alyssa and I went and trained at the local hardware store today. Mm -hmm. And I was working on something specific with the dogs, but practically every single hide that we set was nose height. Oh. It wasn't up, it wasn't down, but we were teaching because I was taking 
odors that I had just exposed them to. Yeah. And placed it. Oh, well, then it would make sense. Right. And it made sense. But I'm already going through my brain and going, well, and then we had threshold. So I had threshold up and threshold town. So we were doing a whole bunch of different things and probably not so systematic of a training session. Well, but by giving them a formulaic hide, you're giving them a leg up. Right. I'm making sure that the lesson is very, very clear. Exactly. And so now what's going to happen is Alyssa and I have weekly training dates. And then Uh it's my responsibility in between those weekly training dates to generalize some of the rest of the stuff so that by the time we train next week, Mm -hmm. now we can put the hides up or down or in other places. So it's really important. And I, Christy's comment about being formulaic was the thing that when I was putting those hides out, I actually stood there and I'm like, well, this is my first instinct on where to place this hide. (laughs) And I actually went through the mental process of, is this exactly what I need? And am I being too formulaic? And the answer was that, no, it's fine. Well, you were being formulated like on purpose. Yes. Yes. When there is a time and place for that. Yeah. And then I saw today on her TikTok, bless her little heart for doing TikTok because I haven't got there yet. She was running a trail with their little bloodhound puppy. Oh. (laughs) And it was really adorable. And... To still have no desire to get a bloodhound. Sorry, all you bloodhound people. You're a special yeah. breed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love you all, but no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that too floppy for you? <laughs> that's way too floppy for me. I'm I'm good. I you know what? I have Nubian goats. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, the Nubian goats don't have all the wrinkles. You have or the slop. They also for... don't have drool. <laughs> or it happens. however you want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. Something that she pointed out that I really appreciated and I so totally agreed with, and I feel like some people missed the memo on it, unfortunately, was at Mascatata, getting to watch the nose work and the SAR people together in the same areas searching and how the dogs knew their assignments and they worked really hard, but there was something different about watching the nose work handlers and dogs and how the nose work handlers could read their dogs. And I'm not saying that as everyone, but I'm just saying it as generally when I watched, I saw a very distinct difference. And I so totally appreciated that. And I know that Christy had the same feeling. And I think that was lost on a few people that were there. But for the most part, I think that a lot of people saw the gains of getting to see the importance of the change of behavior and actually talking to the different handlers about what they were doing and how, because I, I know there were a couple of times that they were just like, well, how'd you know that was it? Like the dog didn't <laughs> even do anything. I heard that a couple of times <laughs> and it was, they were running it blind. Right. So yeah. it's not like the handler knew where it was. Yeah. So they were like, what the dog didn't sit or down or bark. Like, how, did you just guess? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And that was one of the things that was really fun. I had several of the the handlers, the cadaver dog handlers at Muscatatuck. And even three months later, yeah, some of those handlers were here and they brought it up again wow. of how watching the nose work handlers actually really helped them be much more aware 
of documenting change of behavior. And then I was just talking with one of my students today about writing down what is all of that change of behavior, because the dogs will have change of behavior on novel odor. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You, ha- you have to be able to discern what type of change of behavior it is. Well, and there's change of behavior for novel odor, but then there's yeah. that space between, is it novel odor or is mm-hmm. it target odor? And right. that's when that change of behavior is different. Yes, it is. And right. And so as a detection dog handler, whichever you are doing, mm-hmm. you have to be able to I tell students a lot of the time, I'm like, watch videos, write it out. Yeah. Because that way you can start recognizing it faster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that when I'm teaching my online classes, I'm constantly saying, did you see that body stiffen? That was novel odor. Did you see this? Did you see that? And being able to, especially, you know, this goes to uh, kind of a, like, the, we talked about time pressure, right? In one of our recent episodes. When you're under that type of time pressure, you've got to be able to tell the difference between the types of changes of behavior that your dog gives you. So you've got to be able to keep your dog's focus so that you know that you're clearing the area within the amount of time that you have. And if you can't really tell the difference between novel and target odor change of behavior, that's you're gonna have a it's gonna be tough, honestly. And even the paw up, I think a couple people, you know, we're just mentioning that when they get stiff and the paw goes up, a lot of times that's a a novel, it's a critter, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And dog pee. Yeah. And the thing that <laughs> I needed to try to make sure that I made clear to some people was that these are just things to look for and observe and see. Doesn't happen with every, every, yeah. And, and maybe they lift their paw for another reason, but you've got to look at the whole dog. Yeah. And one of the searches, she lifted her paw and it was at source. And she was like, but she lifted her paw. That's critter. <laughs> And and I was like, oh, oh, no, no, no. Oh boy. Here we go. So, (laughs) and then come to find out that a critter had actually taken that source away. Oh, So it was critter and source. And there was critter poo right next to source, like inches away. So it was in fact both. So I'm like, actually, you're right. It was critter. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, but I saw like the stiff tail that we saw before. But then I saw the paw, so I was confused. And I'm like, well, so was the dog. <laughs> yes, that's how that works. Yeah, exactly. The dog's like, it's critter and source. Uh, what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. Yes. But I love how that's such a strong emphasis that she said, I think it was when you asked about what do you recommend for handlers? Like what's the thing they can improve or to be more efficient? Or I, I don't know what the question was exactly now, but I was just like in the background yelling, preach, yeah. <laughs> yes that was a super conversation and she's just always such a pleasure to talk to and just fun to talk to and a wealth of information and i personally i'm, I'm th- thankful to the two of you to introduce me to christy really super that's trader. the collaboration right there it yeah is. Absolutely. it really is well and christy is one of those fun trainers to talk to as well because she's also on my phone a friend list when I am working with the narcotics and the explosives dogs and I'm like, okay, got a question. Right. Her and my friend Janie are my two phone a friend people for stuff like that right now. And because of her vast experience with doing the whole plethora of things that she has done. Exactly. Exactly. And 
she was actually, I think right after we talked to her, she was posting on social media about being in South Carolina. And I saw she was doing patrol certifications and cadaver dog certifications and area search certifications and all of these things she was officiating. And so finding those people that can, that have that type of experience in their background that you can put in your Rolodex is like priceless. And if you're in the Kansas city area and you're looking for good scent instruction and scent and odor destruction, she's the jam. Even just dog training in general. Yeah. Dog training in general. Absolutely. If you're there as a nose work handler, folks, like look her up. Booker. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said booger. No, booger. <laughs> it's like Robin. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I'm scratching my nose. <laughs> I know. Now we're all scratching. You guys can't see it, but now we're all scratching our noses. Sorry. She's I'm a high she's, school teacher. We'll include, <laughs> we'll include her stuff. Well, we'll include everybody that we're talking about today. All of their contact info is in the show notes. So make sure well, you check I want to share out. one. I think it was no. two years ago that I think it was Tabitha, Christy, and you and I got together. Was that two years ago? In St. Louis? Yeah. Yeah, with Dash, and she kicked my butt. That was one of my favorite trainings I've ever been in. Christy and Tabitha kicked my butt. Ah. Because I actually want to think that that might have been three years ago. Wow. We've been friends that long? I think it was right after you stalked me at Miskatatuck. Okay. Yeah. So I don't think... I think I had Rad then. So that'd be... No, I think yeah. I just got Rad. I think Rad was a puppy. Yeah, it was two years ago because she's two and a half. And so now we went down and they set up... I needed some confidence building problems with Dash to be able to read him appropriately and call blanks and things of that nature. And they set up some really nice, thoughtful problems until Crystal set up a diversion in one of my search areas. Oh, what was it? So unlike me. I know. (laughs) What was it? A baked potato? No, it was not a baked potato. She, it was cold. (laughs) And so she had this little muff thing. Yeah. That she would stick her hands in and she put that in one of the desks and Dash was like, oh, that's super interesting. Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh my God, you guys, he's on odor. And they're all like, nope. I'm like, well, I'm going to knife her later. (laughs) So, And here I am getting to train with with like all my heroes in one day, in one place. And the coolest thing that was like probably the most, the biggest confidence boost experience I've ever had in training. Because I mean, I feel like I'm kind of a nobody at this point compared to as amazing as they are and all the accolades they have. Okay, whatever. And no, I mean, at the time, it's very fair. So... I'm getting to set up problems and they're complimenting me that I'm doing a good job. And then like there were little training problems here and there. And so I'd like, okay, I'll just write a little training suggestion. And then it was the, that's awesome. And I'm telling you, like, I don't remember exactly what was said or anything, but I just remember the feeling and just having that moment of finding my people and being in this really supportive little environment of that day. And it, that day changed me. That was a really important day for me. Because I got to play with the big dogs and I got to fit in. And it was like, yeah, this is cool. And in case you guys who have just started listening to us and don't know who she is, we will link Tabitha's episode because she was the very first person that we ever interviewed when we were doing interviews. She was our first guest on the podcast. 
you know, like 83 episodes ago. And so (laughs) we'll link hers in in the show notes too, because she's also another lovely human. Well, and the cool thing is it's going to be wrong now because of the air date, but Admiral, she was just saying that, that what was the gotcha day? I think yesterday was his gotcha day. So two years yesterday that she picked him up and brought him home. And she gave me the stats of all the things that he's accomplished. Wow. And I'm like, is this public knowledge? Because this is, inc- I mean, cool. I have goosebumps. Goosebumps. Are you not allowed to share them? I don't think so. I, I don't know. You know how that goes. I do. Because she's active law enforcement and we just want to make yeah. sure we, yeah. So needless to say, they're a cool team. Put it this way. The, the text message is the entire length of my screen. Oh my and gosh. And she's not a wordy person. Like, no, no, <laughs> no she no. isn't. <laughs> no. Wow. Can I say that with love? <laughs> Yay. So her and Admiral are out there doing their thing and we should have them back on the episodes again. Cause that's, we should. yeah, she's done a lot. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I just, when I think of like happy Christie moments, that's one of my favorites and just how much I appreciate getting to train together and learning so much. Just, ah, that collaborative is so cool. My happy Christie moment was actually figuring out what was going on with the, and, and why powder was spinning up. And it sensitized me to powder's behaviors actually beyond searching. And I actually, as a result of visiting with Christy and training with her, and then there were others, we also trained with, uh, with Lynn and Robin while we were out there. Robin Houston. Right. And, and just being able to... I gained so much insight about my dog that week that it's still bearing fruit. Nice. And it's so funny because she gets, she looks at you this one way and then she gets this quirky little smile. <laughs> I know it. When you say right? it, I, know, I can see it. <laughs> and then yep. she asks you a question. And just that whole thing, you're like, oh, this Here it is comes. gonna break my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you're getting, you'd really like to kick me, but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> one of those two things. And so it's wonderful to think about. Ronnie came to us as a student. I've had Christy, Christy came to me as a student. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's fun to see that those students oftentimes then turn into peers. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like she said, she loves being a student and she cannot wait to go back out and be a student again. Kind of like yes. what you were doing recently too, is getting a chance to go back out and be a student. No, I just want to show up and I just want to work my dog. And I want to learn something new. Like give me new. something new from somebody new. Absolutely. And so I will go out and I will train with a lot of people or I will take classes from a lot of people and auditing, mm-hmm. sitting in the back. Don't mind me. I'm just going to be this person sitting in the back doing my thing or occasionally working my dog, having somebody who can set up blind. Pro- I've registered for seminars. I know the instructors. Uh-huh. I know they're incredibly fair. And I'm like, you know what? Just set up problems that I can work with my dog that are blind. Yeah. Because I just need blind hides. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah. I know we've talked a lot about blind hides and known hides and how the the blind hides really train the handler and the known hides really train the dog. And 
sometimes we get to the point where we do so many known highs. We're like, yeah, the dog's really well trained. And then we're like, okay, I need some help. <laughs> yeah. I need a little bit of help. I need a little bit of help here. Yes. I hope that's an okay transition for Jill because one of the things that she said that I loved when you guys were talking was that she wanted her dog to have the opportunity to experience. And that little quote like really stuck in my head. And it kind of relates to what you're saying there too of, I want to have the opportunity to experience being in this situation. And I want my dog to have the opportunity to experience this. And it's okay if I struggle a little or if my dog struggles a little. I mean, I don't want somebody to give me the answer. I want to be able to work and solve problems because I love to solve problems. And I know that my relationship with my dog, that I've created a problem solver. And so I know that my dog also, not to the point that I'm pushing their confidence or resilience or anything like that to failure, but it's just giving them that experience. I loved how she said it. I think she said, my dog has the opportunity to experience and that I loved that. I was like, yes, yes, that right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was a lot of fun to to get to chat with and everything. I, I mean, I, I've known Jill for a long time now and I haven't had the opportunity to just kind of sit down and chat with her for that, for that amount of time. And that was a lot of fun. I mean, we've, I mean, I, I've attended, I can't even tell you how many of her trials whenever I head out to Colorado and she's hosted so many fabulous memories for me. And I remember getting the phone call from you of, cause we talked about this search, yeah. Robin, there's rows of buses. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there's like eight buses and I'm just, yeah. I think I talked to you. I talked to you before the yeah, you can't. You sent me oh, and yeah. like here's the walkthroughs, and I'm like, yeah, okay, this yeah. is how I work it. Yeah, we didn't talk about this on the podcast with the auditorium. That's the one where I think if I had listened to you a little bit more, <laughs> I may have had two and a half more points. <laughs> yeah, well, trial. I mean, we still won. We were still high in trial, but yeah, yeah, I would have had another two and a half points if I just listened to you or the walks around the auditorium. I'll just put that out there. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> She's like, oh, the odor is going to pool right over here. And I'm like, no, it's not because our odors are lofty. I'm like, no, uh, uh-uh. and they're, they're going to pool where did there. It go? Where did we false? Yeah. Powder didn't false that much in that trial. That's for sure. But that spot. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, turn it. No. So that was fun to get those advanced walkthrough videos from you. So, and then listen to you guys talk about where Jill books trials. I was like, I don't get to search those cool places. Okay. When she said she's making money on trials, I was like, really? How do you do that? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, dude, we need to get more people out there because already you need more trials. And maybe that's more incentive that if people know that they can make some money on it. So Talk to Jill. She wants you to get she's trials amazing. out there too. Yeah. Yeah. She's an amazing host. And like when we got there, we got this, these goodie bags when we went to the summit trial. They had all this stuff in here. There was actually a gift certificate for a future trial in there. <gasps> Whoa. That gift, that goodie bag was actually worth money. So anyway, that was interesting. So no, she's hosted all over the place. She also has hosted like a special event. She's done it two years in a row. I haven't been able to go because of the location and the time of year. But she does like this special event on the USS Hornet. Oh, yes. On the California coast. I'm like, wow, wow. that's cool. That, that is cool. Yeah. So she does like a special there. And... and after 
I mean, hosting all of the seminars and doing the Moscata Tech stuff, the amount of moving parts. Yep. Yep. And her ability to put all of that together and make sure, and like she was talking about flow. Yeah. Her stuff is seamless. Yeah. So did she say she was putting on seminars on how to put on things? Oh, she, I didn't catch that. Okay. Maybe I made that up, but maybe we should give her that suggestion as a webinar. (laughs) Oh, for real. That'd be amazing. Yeah. 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 So here's how you set up a good thing. One of the things I do remember her talking about was some of the new stuff coming out from NACSW. Yes. Yes. And I was like, oh, ooh, insider scoop stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's there's definitely some stuff coming around. and, And the fact that they do, they are listening to the handlers and everything that we want to keep doing more with our dogs. It was really interesting to hear about the potentially the changes to NW2 because I know that's not official, but I know, I guess they were talking about it at, at Nosework Camp. I think it actually, that having multiple passes for NW2, I think makes a lot of sense personally. I mean, they do it overseas, but, but yeah, it's just, it was really interesting. And the whole, the level seemed to be changing a lot. I mean, I do a lot of just, looking at the walkthroughs, there's this really cool website called walkthrough.nacsw.net. And that's where for the last several years, it's ever since 2020, they have posted the virtual walkthrough and the debrief for every single trial, every single search. So you can go back and you can actually look at the height placement. You can look at what the levels have actually looked like. And there have been a lot of changes recently in several of the levels. And it's just really interesting to see. And I'm just really, it's fun to think about where it's going to go. I was just envisioning how cool it would be if they had like a camera somehow stationed in a room and they have the, so that they know where the hides are. And then you get Uh to watch like every dog. And so that camera stayed in the same place. Oh, imagine the wonderful scent theory. Who's knowing like what time of day and the temperature and where the sun is. And that'd be so cool. Well, uh, some of them do, but you, you obviously you can't see anything until after the trial. And people don't necessarily share each other's. That's what I'm saying. Like if they had a trial, that that was like one of the things you knew going into it, that they're going to record this and they're going to share this out. Well, I think it gets down. So here's my perspective. So she did have a videographer at Gunnison, for instance. Fantastic videographer. And uh, we're still getting some of those videos back actually. and. So you see a lot of that, but as a handler, when you're putting, and this is my perspective, when you're putting everything out of yourself in an extremely high pressure environment, and because you are in a situation where you're competing against other top teams in the area, you may not want to necessarily share everything. And I personally don't necessarily want all of my videos for all my trials out there. So I kind of... No, I was just saying like at one trial, one run of, it would just be cool. Right. And it could be, it would basically, you can opt in or opt out. So an alternative to that is volunteer. And then you get to see all of it. That's... Yeah, no, but that's different. It's different than when you're watching it in videos. There's so much stuff you miss in life. I'm going to fight you on that one. I'm going to fight you. I don't mean to fight. I just think it'd be be cool. Well, it's, it's one of those things of if, you could set it up in such a way that people can either opt in or opt out. So it's, yeah, yeah. if sometimes I get the whole, I have the tendency to be more of the person of when I post my training, especially in my trainer's group, you get to see warts and all. 
Yeah. And I do post a ton of, of my trial videos, but there's some videos I'm like, you know what? I don't feel particularly good about this and I don't want to necessarily. And I totally get it. And so, but having the opt-in, opt-out and being selective about which one, because there are some of them that you're like, oh my God, this could be ugly for everybody. We're not going to do it on this one. But this one might be straightforward, like the buses. Yeah, that's not straightforward. But yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> it was not straightforward, but it would be really interesting to watch. The videographer, and, it was really cool. She she gave us an, op- an option of giving her our GoPro video. So for a couple, because we're still getting some of the edited videos now. She's actually inserted as like a picture in a picture, the GoPro video that I have. And the buses is included I, where I have the GoPro video of that plus the video that was taken and it's all kind of edited together. That's cool. It is because you definitely see something very different when you're looking through the viewfinder directly at your dog than if you're looking at yeah. the full search. So yeah, that is, that's actually, I've never seen another videographer do that before. It's really cool. Hence why one of the reasons that when I coach with people, I don't particularly, GoPro videos don't give me a whole lot because typically they're very bouncy. You have to have image stabilization. You have to have a newer GoPro. That's the image And then I get motion sick. Uh, But they don't show you, right? They don't show the handler. And for me, that's one of the most important inputs on the whole entire thing is getting to see what the handler's doing. So we were going to give a shout out to that little videographer in the show notes. We'll find it and put it out there Mm -hmm. for you, for everybody. So that's amazing work. And that is, as Crystal can tell you, as someone who edits photos, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I edit my own videos and it's a lot of work. And there's some, there is some reasons that I don't put a lot of videos out sometimes because I'm like, oh my God, I can't do that. I know you guys made fun of me on my webinar for spending so much time, but it's like, I just, it's a lot of work, but I love it. Oh, I just don't even know how you did it. I mean, I'm looking at this going, I wouldn't even know how to like start that. So <laughs> I, I'm like sitting there going, I, I, do you have like a whole production crew? Like, heck? like I'm sitting here going, uh, I can do loom. I can put my little face in the, the, <laughs> and the, the PowerPoint. But that's, that's why I'm always out there giving credit to our, our creatives out there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I was just sitting there going, I don't even like, like you raised the bar to a point where it wasn't even like fair for the rest of us. <laughs> You're just like, you know, I'm just like, I'm going to just like pack up my like little marbles and go home here because like this. Is, I'll tell you one I thing, Jill really got me. I, I was kind of like, oh, I, I did the whole G shucks. I was listening. I still, I know we get a lot of listens and that that's like so awesome question mark. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I mean, thousand downloads. thank you for the thousands of downloads. But at the same time, like what? <laughs> yeah. Right. We broke a hundred thousand before 80. Like that. Okay. So <laughs> one of the things that I, I really felt that she enjoys our podcast and, and yeah. that felt so wonderful and scary, but she, also kind of brought up the when I talked about the she kind of changed it slightly and I like her edit even further the handler guided dog decided yes and I was like oh I love that so I love how that's kind of evolved from an art teacher forum it just keeps evolving into what it is and I I think that's where it is it's just handler guided dog decided like oh I want that that is lovely and that was one of those episodes that we sort of invented on the fly. Yeah. 
based on some of the, the stuff that we were seeing, <laughs> we do that a lot. We, we do do that a lot. It's, it, <laughs> you guys may not realize, but there's like 500 text messages when we're getting ready to, what are we talking about today? What are we talking about tonight? Well, what what do you mean by that? Well, how about, oh, okay, that sounds good. Yeah. And, and so, then we start with that and then it doesn't end that way. It, 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 it takes like, yeah. And I've had a couple listeners tell us, they're like, we feel really voyeuristic. Like we're sitting in the car with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm like, welcome to us sitting around the dining room table, having a conversation. <laughs> this is what it's like. Basically, yes. Oh yeah. my God. Yes. So, okay, ladies, we typically end with takeaways. Oh, there was one more thing she talked about, though. Oh, okay. Well, okay, fine. Go. Uh-huh. When so, she talked about the dock diving and the reactive dogs. Oh, yeah. I was uh, like, oh, I am there. What yeah. a crazy environment. And when she was talking about how they really are so thoughtful in their setups and how yes. it's one way in, one way out, and it's not the interactions. I just wanted to hop on, I don't want to hop on a plane, but I want to jump in the van and go to Colorado and get to experience that, to have that thoughtful, safe space. And it's even without a reactive dog, I I just don't want to have to think about the interactions and all the stuff in between, like, let me focus on the job at hand and what a gift that she's giving to people. And I think I'm going to second another thing for, yes, you need to do a webinar, please, Jill, and give this kind of insight as to how you do it and how you're thinking about it and how you're organizing the people. Because I know she said she's flying people in to do certain jobs because they do the job so well. And what that skill set is, because I think one of those, and I think some of those skill sets are so valuable And that's why her trials go so well is because she's recognized what skill sets those people need to be in that particular position on the bus. She's also able to run a trial on a small number of volunteers effectively because she's figured it out. It's like a well-oiled machine. Right. Yep. And even the way she thinks about training, when she said that, can you search in the environment first? You have to have a progression of distractions. Mm-hmm. If the environment is too distracting, then don't add more distractions. And I just, I really appreciate it. It's, you can just tell she's slicing everything down, you know, when it comes to the dog's behaviors, the learning mm-hmm. theory, when it comes to managing people, like, wow, what a gift. Oh, yes. I'm so glad that you got, you brought her on, Stacy. That was, that was really cool to get to listen to her. Yeah. She was fun to talk to and I'm hoping to see her fingers crossed later this year. So <laughs> fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Okay, so now we'll do takeaways. I know. (laughs) So my takeaways, I'm so thankful to have such a great, just diverse group of people that get to come and spend time with us and that they share their time so freely. To have three people that have brought so many gifts to the dog training world between nutrition and fitness and detection and the whole nose work, I just, wow. Wow, pinch me. <laughs> right. Actually, don't because that hurts. But, but, <laughs> but thank you. Thank you to both of you for bringing these amazing people into my life. Well, my takeaway is really how we talk to so many different people, but we always get these wonderful nuggets and, you know, just always get a glimpse into somebody else's perspective. And those perspectives have always, it's just really kind of enriched how all of us 
think and feel. And I'm just really, really thankful that everybody has that different perspective. And it just, like, it's, it continues to bear fruit. And I think, I know personally, the folks that we've interviewed in the last few days or the last few episodes and also our previous guests constantly keep me thinking. So I want to thank them for that. My takeaways were the appreciation of the fact that each one of the three guests that we just had, plus a lot of the other guests that we have, but if we look at these three guests, if you think about Ronnie's experiences in education and Christy's experiences in education and Jill's experience and expertise and probably education, which we didn't even get into, the wealth of experience we're able to run into doing this podcast is incredible. And it's one of those interesting things that when we started talking about this, the three of us, we were really talking about this as a collaborative effort. Yeah. And these three guests, just the big breadth of what they do and what they're bringing in is so incredibly important. And it makes the dog training community and the detection dog community much more robust because we have all of these different people in it. And so I think it's a wonderful opportunity. And I I thank every one of our guests for coming on and um, sharing their knowledge and time and just want them to know that they are greatly appreciated. Yes. Yes. And all the listeners. All of our listeners. And actually what's really fun is sometimes Somebody sends us a fun little note that says, hey, can you guys talk about this? And it turns into some of our best episodes. So agreed. Please send those little (laughs) things along. Even if you're like, hey, it's this weird nuance thing. I'm like, if you guys haven't noticed, we do tangents pretty well. (laughs) You think? So send in those suggestions and we look forward to seeing them. And as always, go train. Canine Detection Collaborative. We appreciate the time you spend with us. If you liked this episode, not only should you follow us so you don't miss the next one, but please also rate and review us in your favorite podcast app. For info on collaborating with us, go to K9DetectionCollaborative.com. That's K9DetectionCollaborative.com, where you can find our socials and pick up our latest monthly freebie. Join us again to talk training in the next episode.